you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, welcome to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America. It's the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all my listeners in the United States, in Canada, and all over the world. Yes, I know you are listening in Europe, in Germany, in England, and there are also ladies listening in China or Australia. I'm so happy that... uh, This idea of retiring is resonating with so many ladies all over the world. So if you are listening today, I'm grateful that you are making time for you to find out more about a topic that can be of interest for your next chapter in life. It's my great pleasure to present a series of radio talk shows, and bring you subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for your next chapter in life. My name is Maria Lucassen, and I am excited. I am a certified retirement coach, and I help find women joy and meaning in retirement. And ideally, we do this before we start that next phase in life. So if you don't know my background, uh, after working for 45 years, I finally retired last year full time. But my boss liked me and she wanted to uh, keep me for a few days a week. And I'm happy to to do that. So I'm working part time at the moment. And uh, that gives me plenty of possibilities to still live my dream retirement of being off helping uh, as a coach many women to make that transition into retirement. So um, if you are looking to have a vibrant retirement lifestyle, um, I have a 90-day program. If you like to join me for that, you can email me at maria at marialukassenhq.com. So if you are retiring this year or maybe uh, did just retire uh, last year and you are still not sure what you want to do, that would be a great place to join me and some other ladies to figure it out. So uh, welcome again to this show. As always, I start off with an affirmation for the month. So uh, for those of you that don't know what an affirmation is, it's um, something that uh, is the beginning point of a change uh, that you're saying to your mind, hey, I want to change something. Uh, it's either something that you want to eliminate from your life of something that you want to create in your life. So my affirmation 
for this month is Every Bite I Take Supports My Well-Being and Vitality. So, and that are things that I find important for my next chapter of retirement. And I hope when we finish our podcast today, you will be inspired to make some changes. Because my guest today, she knows everything about eating healthy and how you can do that by uh, including some activity in your life. So um, today's guest is Carolyn Cohen. Carolyn, welcome to today's show. Maria, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you and the listener. Thank you. It's, it's, a, it's a joy to talk about this topic because everybody loves food. It's just a question if, if that's what we are eating is the right thing uh, mm. to keep us healthy for a long life. I always say I want to turn 100 years old. So eating for longevity is important for me. So I'm so happy uh, to talk with you about this topic. I'm, I'm really thrilled to um, to talk with you as well. And there's so much that you talk about that overlaps so well with um, with health and well-being and the bigger picture. So this is a great synergy and I, I'm excited to chat. Thank you. Yes. So for the listeners, I first want to give you a little bit of background of Carolyn um, so that you know what she does. And then we go and, and we talk a little bit about our our topic for today. And uh, I love actually um, the title, Retirement Reboot, Optimizing Your Health in Your Next Chapter. So Carolyn has uh, worked in, 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 in corporate for uh, several years and uh, before she faced a chronic illness. And uh, she was able to heal from that because she realized how much power there is in our own health trajectory. She refocused her career path and became a health coach in 2009. And that uh, now there's many health coaches, but at that time there were not many mm. health coaches. So that's definitely something that shows how she committed is to helping people live uh, a healthier life. Since that time, Carolyn has seen countless clients struggle with making behavior changes. Often, they often believe they must shoot for the stars and abandon life as they formerly knew it. Carolyn helps them mind the health goals that's in the smaller, more doable changes. As a wellness guide, whether she's in your ears via her wellness while walking podcast, or she's across the desk in a coaching session, Carolyn Gentle educates and encourages you to take taking you from fine to fabulous. Yes, that's what we want to, uh, to go in our next chapter in life. We want to have a wonderful retirement. Carolyn, um, welcome again to the show. So can you tell us, the audience, a little bit more about how this happened that you went from your um, illness into health coaching. Yes, thank you. So 
Uh, so I had a mother who was ahead of her time, and she noticed that the men in my father's family uh, died prematurely from heart disease, and she wanted to keep him alive. And the good news is he still is. <laughs> um, I kind of felt like in the efforts to do that, they were a little restrictive and I sort of felt like collateral damage to some degree. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't really have a lot of autonomy. As I grew and I did find some autonomy with age, you know, I started to sort of rebel and I kind of continued rebelling uh, for a long time, like decades. I just didn't think, you know, she, she didn't focus on all the aspects of wellness that I think we appreciate now. She really did focus mostly on food. And I just felt like I didn't feel any healthier than my friends who had grown up with, you know, kind of treats and snacks and so on. Um, and so I really didn't believe that it really mattered. And I, I did keep up this stance for quite a while until um, I got a diagnosis of a chronic illness, which was IBS, um, irritable bowel syndrome. And um, at that time, I was working in corporate America. I had a very long commute. I had a baby and I was juggling a lot. And I knew that I was facing a fair amount of stress. Uh, but I went to the doctor and I happened upon uh, a doctor who was near retirement, who had so much wisdom. And he said, before we try medications, I would like you to try to reduce your stress. And he gave me some ways that some people had been able to do that. And the one that I sort of jumped on was walking. I had been a little more active uh, in the past, but with so much on my plate, you know, this long hours at a job, a commute, and then wanting to spend all the time I could with my family, you know, I just didn't feel like I had a lot of time, but walking was something that I felt like I could do a little bit more of because I could bring my baby with me. And um, we had just moved and we had nice a nice neighborhood. And so I started to incorporate that and I felt better very quickly. I mean, now that I look back on it, I understand what ha was happening a little bit more, which is that being outdoors confers so many benefits to our mental well-being. You know, walking and having movement helps us sleep better. So there were like lots of things going on, but my IBS symptoms greatly diminished. And it was maybe my first little, you know, kind of elbow to the ribs that maybe, you know, mom had been right to some degree. I mean, in terms of like, it does matter what our lifestyle is. It wasn't that I had necessarily changed my food at that time. <laughs> I didn't do that for a while longer, but that maybe we had control over our health more than I was thinking. And that maybe it was important to keep an eye out for this. I mean, I still was very young in my early thirties. I consider that super young. And, um, you know, I just started to be like, oh, Hmm, maybe. And then uh, I had more children and um, I ended up having four daughters and three of them had also these chronic issues, chronic health issues, um, ADHD, allergies, a lot of, you know, just unexplainable things where I didn't feel like they were as healthy as they might be. And that's when I really took a much deeper dive into health. So I started reading and researching and so on. And at that time, we lived up in Boston. And the only health coaching program I knew of um, was pretty much the preeminent one of the time was in New York City. And I just felt like I couldn't, it would have involved for me to attend that, um, spending a weekend away every month for a year. And I just couldn't do it at the time. But then there was a silver lining of a move because we ended up moving closer to the New York area. 
And I was able to do the health coaching program, which was just really wonderful. By that point, I was very well-informed. And um, it's kind of interesting how quickly that can happen because unfortunately in the U.S., healthcare system, it takes an average of 17 years for anything that's been found to be um, true in research studies and uh, replicatable and so on in the highest quality studies. It takes 17 years for that to get into practice. So there's a lot of time for us to learn about things as a lay person and not have it reflected in our care. So that automatically kind of was something that was super interesting to me just as somebody who had, you know, been able to maximize, you know, opportunities in my, in the workplace. Like I was, I was finding this kind of lag that sort of was interesting to me, but also realized that I could help people yeah. also find lifestyle things that would address, you know, things that they might not have thought were able to be affected by what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what I, uh, when I was looking at your bio and you said you started this in 2009, which is about 14, 15 years ago mm -hmm. at the time, people, they, uh, there were no health coaches. You had yes. uh, a dietitian or mm -hmm. your uh, general practitioner, and you could read on, on some food issues and lifestyle issues, but that combination and uh, having a specific uh, methodology or a coach that could help you with that, that was, you couldn't find that and at, at that time, um, as far as I can remember. So, yes, yes I, I, I totally can see that when you got your kids and you noticed there that they were not as healthy as, as, as they could be um, in, 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 in the society uh, that they were living, uh, that you decided, oh, I, I can't have them live with these conditions the rest of their life. I need to find something. I need to figure this out. And um, that you found that. And, and you see how uh, the universe works with you if you want to do something and mm -hmm. want you to move closer to New York. I, I love yes. that story. I love how that helped you to become who you are right now, why you do what you do with your, your podcast and um the influence that you have on whoever wants to to listen and walk with you so, mm -hmm. yeah I, I i love that idea so um while we i i often use walking in my facebook live or mm -hmm. uh, examples when i help uh women see why uh Walking is a good way to get active. So why do you think that, uh, especially now uh, we in retiring from work where we have more time, um, why we should put our health more in, in the center of what we are doing? Mm. Yes. I mean, I think retirement is really a perfect time to put our health front and center. And it's almost an unfair advantage to me when I'm working with somebody who's retiring or has recently retired because there just is a, a, a little bit more time, maybe a lot more time uh, and flexibility that I find that women are so appreciative of after not having it as much as they had wanted it necessarily um, throughout some of their career, if not all of it. So First of all, I mean, the science shows in terms of behavior change um, that 
you know, there's a an immense power to any sort of fresh start. I mean, even that's why I think New Year's resolutions, you know, they they get a lot of flack, but some people do, you know, succeed with that. I think it takes a certain kind of mindset to bring it from a resolution to an action item that might show up on your, you know, daily or weekly calendar, at least a lot of people leave it kind of as a notion and not really, you know, bringing it down to the day to day. But a new year, a new week, a new job or or leaving the workplace, those are all really fresh starts. And the research does show that that's a wonderful time to make a behavior change. What you know, when we depart um, from a structured part of our lives, it's really just a good a good time to make a change. And that's all really borne out in the research. And I just also believe that we have to make ourselves a priority. And, and you know, I've worked with so many women who have the desire to take action, you know, for themselves and really care for themselves in a better way. And I'm not belittling, you know, a mani-pedi kind of thing, but I'm talking more about, you know, kind of the the day-to-day building blocks that will make us a little bit healthier. Uh, but oftentimes people don't have the bandwidth. And so I find that retirement is such a, a wonderful time to do this. Um, I also think that, you know, part of the problem is that the default in our society isn't health generally. We can talk about the workplace in a minute because that's even, you know, probably more true to some degree. But society as a whole, it just isn't set up to foster health. You know, like the food that's the cheapest and the most available is often ultra processed. Um, our healthcare spending is going through the roof, but we're not getting healthier. You know, there's this concept of that we are living longer, although even that is a little bit undermined in the current generation, but you know, we're living longer, but our health span doesn't match our lifespan necessarily. And so while we have, you know, 10 years more than we might've had um, a few decades back, those aren't necessarily healthy and, and enjoyable years. You know, a lot of times we're dealing with um, a chronic illness that takes over towards the end of our lives. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there are a lot of trends that happen, you know, like the, the typical appointment in the U.S. medical system and often, you know, around the world increasingly so as well, really only allows for a quick conversation. And that's, you know, why I think there is this void that you alluded to where health coaches have come into being much more prevalent. And that's because, uh, you know, the typical visit with your provider is often rushed, you know, and health is complicated sometimes, (laughs) like, right, like it's, you know, it can be even affected by things that happen to us in the womb. So, you know, we're not getting (laughs) to the details in a typical appointment. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, that's uh, true. Uh, If you go to your doctor and you say, okay, I, 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 my stomach is is not feeling well, or Mm. I, I feel tired or whatever symptoms that you have that you're not living your life to the fullest and 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 you don't feel healthy they will listen and they will give you some medication for it and that's it you know they do not offer hey come back in in two weeks and let's talk again exactly you you have a relationship and uh, you often, if, especially if, if it's a group or even one-on-one, it, it's, a, it's uh, something that happens either every week, every two weeks, every month, but there is a checkup mm-hmm. um, where you can guide somebody to go from uh, some uh, another good position into 
a transition into how you can feel healthy, how you can change your mind. There are many different kinds of coaches, but we're talking healthier and where you can help somebody um, to change uh, things in their life, in their uh, how they live their life that makes uh, for a, a happier and healthier living. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 indeed, uh, society is not really great in helping um, us to achieve that, especially if, if you look at, at the medical side of it. That's right. I mean, it's really, um, it's something that it took me a long time to figure out. But sort of if we go with the flow, we're likely to not be as healthy as we might be. There are like things in our society and our culture that just don't set us up for the best health. And so, you know, just things like um, our government, like for example, in the US, like our government doesn't always protect our health, right? Like there are chemicals that are allowed to be, to exist, whereas in European countries, they have to be sort of proven safe before they're introduced. And in the US, like the opposite is true. They can be introduced and then it's kind of incumbent on us or maybe our legislators to try to get them removed. You know, there are things like food labels, um, you know, which or or just a lack of information about where our food's coming from and what's been done to it and so on. So there are these things that sort of set us up to be unhealthy if we're not mindful and kind of just push back the tiniest bit. And I think like, you know, having a having a coaching relationship can help people, you know, realize that that's something that can benefit them tremendously. Certainly, you know, like you have a community working and community is so, so powerful to try to counteract some of these things that just you don't really think about, but that are sort of pushing us a little bit towards an unhealthy status quo. And then the work, yeah, the workplace can also, it can be a wonderful source of of achievement and feeling like we've made a difference and, you know, so many benefits, um, can come from the workplace, but it also can be a huge disruptor of health if it's a stressful environment. You know, stress, um, certainly a stress outside of work as well, but within work, it, I think it's pretty, um, you know, prevalent. Like the there are studies showing that, you know, more than half of working women um, in North America report daily stress that's higher than um, men. And that work is trending to be more and more stressful every year. So that goes up every year. And, you know, work workplace culture how often today has us working long hours, you know, maybe we're on call or expected to be available. Like there's often really blurred lines between our work and our free time, you know, the hustle kind of culture that sometimes exists, the gig, the gig economy is stressful for a lot of people who are participating there. Um, any kind of swing shift situation can have negative health impacts. A lot of jobs are sedentary and the organization that we're working in, you know, doesn't appreciate physical activity in the middle of the day. (laughs) So certainly doesn't include, you know, for for some of us, our jobs do involve movement and that's so valuable. And I think underappreciated by those of us who do move um, doesn't feel like exercise, but studies show that when we appreciate it for what it is, it it can have a huge impact. But then for some of us, we're sitting a lot. Yes. Yes, and I I uh, I agree there that yes, um, our life is so much impacted in uh, how uh, we organize and 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 the work that we are doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you had a long commute, and the commute can be by car, it can be a train, a bus, whatever. But if you are sitting 
for 45 minutes an hour. I I live in, in, in South Florida and I had to go to work and it sometimes took me an hour and a half to get into work. You know, <laughs> then you're you're driving and uh, it's busy on the road. So that's already a stressful situation to get into work. And then you still have not <laughs> done your work. And that can be fairly competitive sometimes, too, uh, if you're working in a team. Um, there's all those requirements and those uh, you want to do the best you can. But there's uh, always um, a pressure on on you to perform in a certain mm-hmm. way and that can cause stress and i have that M- my blood pressure is not since i'm working my blood pressure is high mm-hmm. but i look fit and i am fit you know I, the blood pressure my blood pressure you don't notice until it's too late so that said we're not talking about that topic today but yes uh it's it's easy to catch things like that uh, even if it seems like everything is going fine. And, and stress yes. is definitely something that has a big impact on what we eat and how we live our life. So, Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. The good news is there's lots of things we can do about it. And yes. retirement's such a great time to start to address those yes. things. Uh, yeah. And also I find that um, women who've had a career, um, they have developed superpowers that really help them when they do decide that it is time to sort of push back a little bit against the forces that are kind of, you know, adding up to lead us to an like a less healthy version than we would prefer. Right. And so things like that, we don't think about that we've done in the course of our careers, like being resourceful and problem solving and, you know, using time well and productivity and also our feelings like about ourselves, you know, like we we're, we feel like we have decent self-efficacy because we've gotten things done and there are systems oftentimes that we've developed or are developed in our workplaces. And I think systems are so important when we're changing something we're doing because um, oftentimes we don't have the, you know, the power over the result, but the system, if we set it up and we stick to it, the result does come. Um, and so I think people who have, you know, appreciate, you know, systems and not having to just make decisions over and over again and having right. something sort of, you know, set, those are all incredible superpowers that people who've been in a career really bring to this, you know, next chapter. And especially if they want to focus a little more on their health than they had been. Yes. Uh, and I, 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 I like it when you say, okay. Uh, we can uh, use um, some of our skills that we developed while working over 30, 40 years mm-hmm. uh, and now in our next chapter of retirement by uh, developing some routines, some systems, so that most of the things that help us in our health and and being healthier and enjoying um, that life in uh, in our next chapter um, by by using systems. I love that. Um, so, what are some ideas that you could could give the ladies, our listeners, um, how to get started with that? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, there's just encouragement because. <laughs> It's not too late. You know, I have people who finally have that bandwidth that we talked about that was missing 
you know, during, um, you know, the high points of the career, maybe there's a family, other things that are competing, maybe elder care. And when it does come time that we have a, a little bit of bandwidth or reserve uh, to pay attention to health, like it really still has so much power. So first of all, it's never too late. Um, and you talked about blood pressure and so on. Like there's so many things that can be changed so quickly and it doesn't require going full bore or all the way to some goal. Like for example, you know, reducing blood pressure by 5%, which can be achieved by adding another couple of thousand steps to what people are doing kind of as a baseline. So like the baseline, you know, people talk about steps all the time and I'm in the walking world. So I hear a lot of it, but the the average number of steps people take kind of doing just the baseline activity in their lives is like 2,500 or so. And so reducing blood pressure by 5% can be achieved by just adding another, you know, short walk to our days, for example. And then reducing that blood pressure by 5% can reduce our risk of cardiovascular disease and can improve cognitive function and can reduce kidney damage. So many things, right, by just 5%. And so I think that's just encouragement to say, you know, you it's not too late. There's so much so much that can be done to change our health trajectory, even when we're starting, you know, midway through life. So um, always, you know, consult your physician first before making changes, even things that seem sort of like no big deal. And that's because our ability to to change um, our health so quickly can mean that sometimes our medications are too high all of a sudden or whatever. So it is something that we should do. But it's I just want to encourage people that you know, starting now is perfect. <laughs> exactly. um, that's that's what I am thinking. Thinking too, it's never too late. Mm-mm. And it doesn't matter what age you are. You can always start something new, or like you are just suggesting, adding a few more steps to your daily routine by going for uh, I don't know, maybe ten or fifteen minutes just yes. to, around the block. You know, that could be making the, the difference in lowering, for me, my blood pressure or uh, something else that that is uh, causing um, you not to feel healthy and fit. Um, but yes, exactly. it often are just small changes. Yes, small changes and, and tweaks. Like sometimes, you know, the people talk about taking a long walk, which is great. And if that's what somebody wants to do, you know, I mean, that's what my podcast is set up to accompany people on, you know, a walk of like 30 to 40 minutes. But when we learn about certain things, they just, these little tweaks can make such a powerful difference. So breaking up that walk into three 10 minute bouts and doing them after a meal has shown to balance blood sugar and reduce blood sugar dysregulation, which is a huge issue in our society. So mm-hmm. it's like those little steps that are not hard. They're not, um, you know, like we have, it's not like, you know, we have to experience pain and so on. They can be joyful. They can be anything I love about walking more than more than almost anything is that it, it lends itself to multitasking, which is just never, a never, a, a, you know, a great deal in so many facets of life, but walking can be done where you're connecting with somebody, where you're experiencing nature while you're learning something, you know, there's so many ways that walking can be sort of, you know, a, a, a layered, um, have layered impact. And then just knowing that, well, you know, that 
the 30 and 40 minute walks, like maybe I'll do those on the weekends, but maybe I'll break my 30 minutes into 10 little stints during the course of the day during the week. You know, those are, it's just not huge changes, but they can have a huge impact. And that's just something I think is so important because I think in our society, we're told that, you know, things do have to be momentous and often 180 degrees in the opposite direction of what what we're doing now. And that's why, although I talk about so many things on the show, I called it wellness while walking because it's a great metaphor. So many people and really walking's come into its own in the last like five years, thanks to so much research showing the benefits of it. And also the pandemic, which had so many people walking where they hadn't been. But I think walking is such a good metaphor for health and how the smaller steps can matter and add up just as much as the bigger ones. Because Yeah. Like if you want to run, that's great, but don't like, don't let the, you know, best be the enemy of the good. As I say, you know, like, it's not like running or nothing, you know, it's not like running, sitting on the couch, like walking is so beneficial. And I think that message is something I try to get across that that's true in all the realms of health and well-being. Yes, I totally agree. Um, You can start small by just going for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Or so beneficial. So that, that you get out and do that for a week. And mm-hmm. then if you don't feel good about it, um, make it a little bit longer. And uh, before you know, you like it and you might be indeed working half an hour uh, every single time. But if you don't have the time, um, do a short one. I, I yes. try to in- include walking more often in, in my daily life. When I go to work, uh, I make a, a bathroom break and I walk. I go outside mm-hmm. and I walk around the building and I go back in. And that's five minutes. You know, it, it's nothing. But it, if, do it, if I do it two or three times a day, it's two or three times a day that I make. I don't know. I never counted the steps, to be honest. Uh, you don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't love steps. You know, I mean, I think for some people there might be powerful metric. But for many of us, I think like, did I get up out of my chair? you know, in the past couple of hours? And did I walk? And did I, you know, like, I think that's just a yes or no binary thing. And I think that that's really a helpful way to look at it. So good for you. Yeah, that's and that's something that you probably came to without much thinking about it. And yet it's so incredibly powerful. Yes, um, it's it's something that I am. I don't know when I started this. And uh, sometimes I think my coworkers might think I'm a little bit crazy. But um, I know the benefits for myself um, yes. and I love to walk and I, I, I love to do what longer walks. And sometimes I walk with friends and we chat and we chat and we talk and we talk. <laughs> I think I yep. go for an hour and we just catch up on things. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, I also go by myself and I just look at uh, nature. Sometimes it's at the end of the day and the sun is setting and it's just beautiful to see the sunset or um, see the animals like the squirrels and 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 the ducks and, and whatever is there out there. So it's it's it just gets your mind off on how your day was and you are refreshed. And when you get back in and if you go when the sun is out, you get some extra vitamin mm-hmm. D. It um, walking is the easiest way to get active, I think, and and to feel better. Yes, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, the research shows it's just so incredibly powerful. And, you know, the, it was the thing that made us human in evolution was our ability 
to walk upright and be able to carry things and see the horizon. And it just, it's so, there's like such a part of who we are as human beings. And so to be able to appreciate that and not poo-poo it, (laughs) I think is so incredibly important. So it's just a lovely tool. Um, And, you know, it's movement is, you know, I like to say that instead of exercise, because I think, you know, you can kind of see it in any ancient cultures that still exist. I mean, people aren't going to bar classes, you know, (laughs) in the, you know, when they're hunter gatherers. And I think that that's, you know, it's great if that's what we want to do. It's so wonderful. But I also think we need to understand how beneficial our everyday movement is. And so I think it just can be um, empowering to not have to strive to something that's so far from where we are and and understand that there are so many benefits to taking those smaller steps exactly and to do something that you can do anywhere and mm-hmm. uh anytime kind of thing and uh yeah you, you, like you say um yes it, it doesn't mean that you are fitter when you go and you take the zumba class uh, but the rest of the time, uh, once a week, and the rest of the time, you don't do anything. Yes. Um, you might be fitter when you walk every day, just 10 minutes. Yes, um, absolutely. And yeah. I'm so glad that that seems to be something, the nuance in yeah. terms of health seems to be something that's coming more to the fore and that there is so much choice and there's not one way to do anything. Um, and so that's that's something I think is such a benefit. And you were asking about food in specific. I I mean I when I work with someone we talk about you know movement and food and stress management, sleep, connecting with others, and even purpose. And um, but in terms of food, something I've seen that people appreciate when they retire is well one thing is the the freedom to honor hunger signals. I think in the workplace. Oftentimes we eat because that's when we can eat. It's not necessarily because we're hungry. And I do think that it can lead to overeating because you're not hungry. So (laughs) anything that you're putting into your body, you probably might not need yet, you know? And so I, I find when I work with people who've recently retired, they just so appreciate being able to eat when they're hungry, (laughs) Um, which is such a nice benefit. And then I think there's a freedom to also set up an environment for success. Like I think so much of our ability to be healthy is, is our environment. You know, it's like if, if you're being bombarded with, you know, quick snacks, free food is one I hear about a lot. People have free food in meetings and they don't know exactly when they'll get to eat. So they eat it, even though it wouldn't be what they chose or maybe when they chose to eat it. So there's like freedom and there's a little more time maybe to plan some meals and to shop and cook, or if not cook, like I work with a lot of people to prepare foods, you know, like that they can kind of, you know, pull things together if they don't consider that cooking and just, you know, eating a little bit more, you know, simply, if nothing else. And maybe, you know, a next step for many people when they suddenly have a little bit more time and flexibility is to maybe find one meal a day to, you know, have it consist of whole foods. Like that's a, that's a small, but incredibly powerful step. And, um, I find that people are really well set up to do that when they have that just a little more found time in the day. Yes. That's, that's another difference. I think for when, when we retire that we have, uh, the possibility to choose different kind of food as what we would do maybe when we go and work. 
um, like you mentioned already, sometimes food is provided. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a pizza Friday, whatever. And then you yep. eat pizza. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with pizza. It depends all on what you put on the pizza and where the dough is made of. Um, but um, yes, you you might eat things that um, taste good, but, but might not be as healthy as when you would make it yourself at home. And yes. um, often you go to lunch with friends or co-workers, and that might not be the healthiest choice either all the time to do that. So when we retire, we all of uh, we can think about eating differently about mm-hmm. our meals that we are eating. So, um, but as I uh, often happen, time is flying by. So can you tell our audience uh, about your work a little bit and how they can get in touch with you? Yes, thank you, Maria. It's been so great to um, imagine the lives of your listener and really i'm so excited for them you know in this in this next chapter and i just you know want to reiterate that we can really bring our health span more in line with our lifespan no matter when we start and um so i host this weekly podcast um it's called wellness while walking and like i said it's about 30 to 40 minutes long so people can have a longer walk i play a beep halfway through in case people are walking out and back so it's just a reminder that if you're going out and you there's no circle you might want to turn around um i also coach people one-on-one and i lead a virtual group um like healthy lifestyle design program called Midlife Health Launchpad. And, you know, I would love for the listener to walk with me. I, in every um, episode, there are show notes where I can, um, where you can find my email address if you have a particular question. Um, but I would love to, you know, get to know the listener a little bit more. And, and uh, maybe the first step there might be to find wellness while walking. Yes. Yes. That's a, that sounds like a great idea for a, you don't have a friend to walk with um, to listen to Carolyn on her podcast. So it, it stimulates and motivates you to, to get in action. That would be a great I- idea, I think. So I uh, will have to listen to you when I go <laughs> next time all by myself and Thank see um, what, what I can learn from living uh, differently by walking and and um, changing my my lifestyle in in a healthier way so mm. carolyn i appreciate that you are on this call i think uh we had a, a wonderful conversation about how to be healthier in uh in that next chapter and i call it retirement but you might have a different next chapter it doesn't really matter what age you are when you listen to us um, you can start uh, a different lifestyle a healthier lifestyle any time um, when you want it so thank you for being Absolutely. on this call on this podcast today thank mm-hmm. you so much Carolyn it was my honor thank you so much Maria okay listeners I thank you for listening in as you know, my podcast is only once a month. It is every month on the last Wednesday of the month that the next episode will be released. If you have questions about the topic, if you have suggestions about the topic, 
or if you want to ask me a questions about what I do as a retirement coach, feel free to email me at Maria at Maria Lucassen HQ. Com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lucasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement. <laughs>